You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for Seminole Headlines, featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies, starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. Hour number two, Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Rolling on, we'll get to headliner questions momentarily. First, we'll say thanks to Birch Orthodontics. Birch Orthodontics, best in the business. It's not close. Dr. Birch and her team really make it very, very easy. You go in there, you get a consultation, you figure out uh, payment plans, all that. They work with you. You put your kids at ease if that's what you're doing. I've had both my boys go through it. Iris had his three daughters go through it. Corey's volunteering to go through it. <laughs> just yourself to, yeah, here very just to do it. Yeah, it's very exciting. He wants to know what the experience is like so he can add right. to the uh, dialogue. So Birch, Birch Orthodontics. BirchOrthodox.com is the website, B-U-R-C-H, Orthodox.com. And, and the cool thing, again, one of the many cool things, I was talking, somebody texted me the other day, asking about whether or not any of my kids had to have jaw surgery mm. uh, when they went through, because I think their kid might be facing yeah. that. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not, she's not a miracle worker, but that was one of the things we thought we were going to have to do with Molly, our oldest, the first time we went there. And they actually worked through it so that we did not have to have jaw surgery. And Molly's teeth look great. So uh, that's one of the things that they really t- treat, I think, your kids kind of like their kids, and they're going to do what's best for you. It's not just an assembly line. And so birchorthodox.com is a website. And uh, they'll give you a free consultation and help you through the process. When you when you say they treat your kids like their kids, does that mean they make them look up like Eddie Murphy, like look up trivia stuff for later on in their lives? I don't Is that know. what you're talking about? I don't, I don't know that Dr. Birch does that with her kids, but mm-hmm. but we can ask. She hits them. Okay. Well, okay. That's the oh, difference. Good. That's good. the difference. Well, <laughs> yeah. She hits the patient. She hits them, yeah. It's very yes. violent. <laughs> very violent. I kid Dr. Birch. She's going to cringe. Yeah, I was going to say, do we have to re-record all no, this again? We can't. It's know. live. Everybody no. knows I'm kidding. That's not true. All right. Kind of. <laughs> By the way, real quick, so it, I, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to spark a thirst for knowledge in my boy. That's all. Just you a don't thirst have to, for You almost sound right, guilty. You sound I guilty. I know. Well, now I, I'm defending too much. You give, protest thou protest too, much, too much, man. Get it together. Let's get Sorry. to questions so I let's can get, save you. Let's get to questions. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, all right. Hey, fellas, before the season ended, both Corey and Jeff went back and forth about the transfers. Are you guys surprised at the amount of transfers? We just talked about this at the end of the last hour. I am. I am. I know that was not initially their plan. I thought there would be – you know, quite a few, quite fewer, I should say, than 14. I think Corey was at like eight at least, eight to ten. Um, yeah, I think I said I thought they'd sneak into double digits. This this is more than I thought, but I just – when you were looking at that, that team and most of the people that contributed, you were losing so many of them, and so many below them might end up being good players, but it's such an unknown with a lot of them that I thought they would have to just try to keep – 
you couldn't take a giant leap. You couldn't fall backwards. Was my point. You have to. You had to restock enough that uh, you, you would feel good in the yeah, I think, in the short. Term. And I think there's been a combination of, of events. You know, yes. they had some guys that went in the portal that they didn't necessarily expect to go into the portal, and uh, so that raised the number some. And then I think you got involved. And that, I think when you get a DJ Uyunglele, that's the big one. Once they went quarterback, then they were going to always right. have to move up because the you, it's it's one of those things where like if you don't do that, like say Tate had stayed, and I think when we were having these conversations, this was before Tate left, and so you're thinking Tate may stay between Tate and Brock Lynn and 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 uh, the freshman Krumenhock, you might feel like okay, we can go through the season and see what it looks like, or maybe pick up somebody later, but not a big name quarterback. But once you go and get the big-name quarterback, that changes everything because now you're in. Well, like, you're, you're trying to make a run. Yes, that's exactly right. You're signaling that you're not going through a transition year or that you're not settling for a transition year. You've decided that 8-4 and four ain't going to get it done or 7-5 and five ain't going to get it done. And so it doesn't have an to eight. anymore. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. Like, I, I think you could have lived with 8-4 eight, eight and four if, you, if you saw this year as, as that year to get you to the next place. But when you get – DJ Uyungle basically told Florida State, this is where I want to go. Like, he looked at the map. He looked – it's apparently the same thing he did at Oregon State – he said, that's where I want to go. He picked a school that fit him in the opportunity, and I did the same thing here. And that, I think, changed their their calculations. I also think the snub Possibly, kind of sparked yeah. some things, too. Be, I, yeah. I think that was just like, we're not we're going to sit back and take this. You know, we're going to we're going to try to be where I'm, talking, I'm thinking, like, from Florida State's right. perspective, the battles in perspective. Screw that. We're not going to we're not going to take a step back and be out of the playoff conversation next year. No, we're going to be right back in the playoff conversation. I think year. they should just steady keep taking Alabama players. Let's get it up to 20. Take six more Alabama players. Let's see what happens. Uh, Norvell Era writes, uh, which, fr- which freshman from last year are you most looking forward to see in the spring? Well, I, for me, it's Akeem. Hakeem Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh I would like to see Vandravius also take that next step. I know you you guys were championing him all of last year. I love him, but I just don't trust him. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else in that group. Uh, the the linebackers also. Well, shoot, man, all those DBs. I don't know, man. There's a lot. Oh, there's that was a, a good lot. freshman class. Yeah, it's a good freshman class. A lot of defensive backs that I like. Yeah. I want to see. What you about know, to- the one real quick? The one the one guy that we haven't seen anything of really, other than just the first few weeks was Edwin Joseph because he he had surgery mm-hmm. early in the mm-hmm. year. He missed the rest of the season. He was impressive in the limited viewpoint that we got. Uh, you know, he's one that I think it would have been fun to watch him over the course of the whole season. What about and I don't even I don't expect this player to even play in twenty twenty four any meaningful reps, but what about Lucas Simmons? Yeah. Down the road. That's a good yeah. one, Corey, because you know, that was a guy that when they brought in right off the bat, you realize that's a guy that projects to the league as a left tackle. Yeah. Six eight with that length, and he's got great feet. He's an athlete for that size, and then obviously had to sit out medically for much of the year, and then got the okay, which is great news for him. And I'm happy for the young man, but it's really good news for Florida State. I don't know how much size they can put on him, but he's a guy who could play big time. Uh, you know, reps for them this year. Who knows? He could start. Not this year, I wouldn't think. I probably not, but he's talented, and I just don't know how much size he can put on up top because right. his lower half is big enough. He's he's strong. And he's got good feet. It'd be interesting. I just want to see how he looks, and he's going to be going up against some grown dudes yeah. at defensive end in the spring. It's going to be a really good test for him. You know, he's still just going to be a freshman, but if he plays well in the spring against those guys, especially the the kid from West Virginia that's like two seventy two, if he can be physical with that kid, then that projects really well, and you're like, okay. This this could be one of those dudes they've recruited from high school. 
that ends up being a starter and going to the league. That was a big get when they got him. He's, yeah. he's a real talent. Everybody wanted that kid. Uh, R.A. writes, and this is – I'm going to hint that we saw some of this yesterday or heard some of this yesterday from Tom Quitz when I was talking to him that – I mean, that the ACC is fighting for their life. Uh, just keep that in mind. Gentlemen, if ESPN has a financial stake in FSU staying in the ACC, do you expect more stories and influences against FSU? And in reality – wouldn't it be better for ESPN to end the ACC agreements as long as they're overpaying for at least 10 schools? Well, think back. What I, I One of the things I think the ACC is pissed off about, besides the lawsuit brought against them, is the exposing of the fact that this thing doesn't even – it's not guaranteed to go to 2023. Right. 2027 has to be decided on by 2025. ESPN could just be like, no, we're not doing it. Yeah, no, And I think they're pissed possible. about that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't think they're thrilled particularly about the ACC adding the schools that they added. Uh, because, again, if Florida State can get out and if Clemson were to jump out too, now you're left in a conference with not only do you not have them, but you just added the schools you just added, um, Cal, Stanford, and, and SMU. So, um, yeah, I don't think – you know, I, I don't know that their motivation is to try to sabotage Florida State and keep them in the ACC. Um, but I also don't think that – their decision is going to be based totally on, uh, I don't know, in terms of like, it's not like that's the only option. Because I've had several people say over the last, I don't know, two years that, you know, why would the SEC, why would ESPN let Florida State leave or or help them get to the SEC if they're paying them so much less in the ACC? Why, why would they want to pay them more? And that's fair, except if you don't have any other options. If the only other alternative is to them going to, them the, to Big the Big Ten. 10 and, losing and, then, the and then as far as what happens to the rest of the conference – I don't think the conference – I don't think it would be, make sense for ESPN to, to let the ACC dissolve, but maybe it, it does get renegotiated. When it gets renegotiated in 2026 or 27, maybe you bring that value down if some of these big-name schools have left, and then you still keep the inventory because they still have to have inventory to, to put on TV on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Yeah, and that's when it would be. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they'd be treated like yep. USF. Action. Yeah, I'm USF back. is on on a random Tuesday every year. I'm always like, damn, USF, you have fallen. <laughs> Tuesday at noon, USF, it's brutal. Hey, if you, if we'll have sandwiches, we'll have some <laughs> chips and dip. Will you come play a game? Uh, hey, fellas, first of all, shout out to Ira for showing some love to my band, Hayward the oh, Band, there you go. Yeah, this week. And also, I really just don't see much of a drop-off this year, guys, if any. High ceiling portal pickups, coaches that have developed and brought out the best in these kids in the past, all still here. Your thoughts? That's from Chris. I love the positivity. Yeah. Right. Right. On the I internet, like the, Corey. There's this. this I know. Crazy. Where's that coming from? Yeah. That's great. I I don't I don't think I agree. I I think that you, when you lose the players they've lost, including the quarterback who is a, uh, one of the school's best in history. I, I don't think you can expect to be the same type of team, but that doesn't mean you can't have the same type of year. You know? Yeah, I think you, you can. You can still be in playoff contention. I do not expect an undefeated season. I just think the margin for error is a little, a lot smaller. I, I I'm high on DJ Uyungle, but he would have to play much better than he's ever played to be at the it's at the level Jordan was when he was good. Um, and then you're not going to have the same receivers. I mean, I like that what they've added. I think you're excited about the speed. Mm -hmm. It's an element that they mm -hmm. didn't have with those receivers last year. But it was nice to have 6'7 and 6'4 and the body control and all yeah. that. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Hakeem has to take a massive leap right. to be a star, and you still need to see that from Destin Hill and Vendravis Jacobs. We don't know that they will. Right. There's certainly a lot of ability there. And then they bring in the kids, uh, LSU kid and the Bama kid, right. Benson. They've got some – 
real potential here. I do think the offense can look different. It can just you can go about your business of scoring points differently. The other problem is, and this is nobody's fault, a lot of the high-powered uh, offensive numbers and things that we thought we would see got derailed because of injury. And so, you know, they couldn't block it up on the offensive line. Their receivers got hurt, period. All of them, all of them got hurt. And so the second half of the season, it wasn't a great offense. Now, I'm not blaming anybody. When you get hurt like that, it's hard. But that's what happened. So that's why when I say, like, the offense could be better, you just get better injury luck, you might be better on offense. Yeah, no, that's fair. And usually if you go 13-0, you've had great injury luck. They did not have great injury luck. At all. Which is why we love them, because they overcame all of that, right? And that kept getting brought. We know it. And people love to say, well, everybody's hurt. Man, no. There are years where you are, unfortunately, on the wrong side of injury luck in the way that Florida State was. It was crazy. And not everybody knows just how many guys were playing in games at like 60%. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of them. Keon over those last four games was not even close to the Keon that we saw the first four games. Yeah, I mean, there were were weeks they didn't practice. They kind of got lucky defensively injury-wise. They didn't suffer a lot of catastrophic or even – you know, even month-long stretches with their main defensive guys. But their offensive guys, they never had their starting left tackle. Their Heisman candidate breaks his leg with the two biggest games of the season coming up. Johnny misses two and a half games. Keon isn't right for the last, what, yeah, four games? Weeks? Yeah, four or five games at least. Jaheim Bell had a bad ankle for the last month. Like, mm-hmm. all these all these guys uh, the only guy that up. The only guy that didn't was Trey Benson. He he remained healthy. And he had one game where he was kind of Until the end. Yeah, the yeah. very, very yeah. end, yeah. It was brutal. Uh, Burke writes, which FSU assistant football coach have you completely changed your opinion on in the last four years? Probably Dugan's, right? I mean, Dugan's probably salvaged everything about the way Ford – I'm speaking for a fan for base. the fan base yeah. in general, probably Dugan's. I, the, I, the, here's what I would say for Adam Fuller. I didn't know – going in that first year, my, my big concern with Adam Fuller wasn't that he didn't know defense because I knew that Mike Norvell would not have brought him here to be defensive coordinator if he didn't know how to – coordinated defense my biggest concern was would he be able to relate to the players because he's got that northeastern sarcastic he'll say things man of practice where he'll you know he is blunt and he's got that northeastern personality and that first year it was so bad uh, what do you mean by that ira he's just blunt there was a drill down on that there was a day of practice last year (laughs) there was a day of practice last year i'm gonna go there was a day of practice last year this past season where he said something to a player basically like he watched the kid go through a drill, and he goes, basically, that was garbage. He just was like, that was ridiculous. That was garbage. I don't even know what that was. But And that's one thing if it's like a guy that, you know, if you're hearing that from Patrick Sertan, who you know played in the NFL and coached in Miami, and you grew up down there and you've known him for a long time, but here's a dude that you don't know. They didn't know who Adam Fuller was. He's not from their part of the country. Not as relatable. Not as relatable. And way. so, yeah. like, how is that going to work? But then I'll tell you, man, by the time the end of that, 2022 season, the picture of him and Jamie Robinson at the end of that bowl game, Jamie Robinson's last game where he's basically got his arm around him, they're on the bench. It was cool, man, just to see how – and those guys love him now. Well, Jerry and Jones went a long way in helping that process as well because I don't think he loved him right away Um, and then came around to him. It's interesting, the veteran players, the guys who stuck it out, the guys who somehow you know managed to get through all that, they end up breaking through and seeing, oh, okay, I get him now. And then yeah. they're able to go back. This is where culture matters because you, you get a guy like that who's respected. Jimmy Robinson was really respected, yeah. as he should be. And Jerry Jones is too. So then you get a guy like that who goes over and is like, hey, hey just, he, right. he means well. He's, he's, he's good. He's, he's good. Yeah. And, you know, once you get that kind of uh, stamp of approval from a veteran player, right. that helps these younger guys who are maybe like, who the hell is this guy? You right. know, it, it helps them through the process. 
Well, and also just real quick, like the, the that second half of the Louisville game at 21, um, that first half, man, was as bad a coordinated defense as we've ever seen. Yeah, and that was, was on the heels of Wake Forest having scored 35 in the first half. The Nothing week looked coordinated. The Jacksonville State ending, uh, Notre Dame scoring 40 on you, like all that stuff had happened that season, and that was year two. And then basically flipping the switch that halftime of that game, which basically he got a few kids off the field. He's like, you're not basically you're not playing for me anymore. I'm tired of seeing guys run wide open. I want guys out there that know what they're doing. And since then, you could say they've been one of the 10 or 12 best defenses in the country since that halftime of the Louisville game in 2021. And so he clearly knows what he's doing. Robert writes in the chat here, and he gave to the cause. We appreciate you, Robert. Hey, gents, here's some beer money. I think we see a big step with the offensive line, but what are the expectations on the skill players for 2024 and DJU starters? Who's your TD leader? Touchdown leader, guys. Uh, I, I'm. Oh, that's a tough one, man. Because I mean, Corey, what was the number? Toa How Feely. Many? Toa Feely. Yeah. Trey Benson had 14 this year. But what no, was 15 the, if you count a catch. What was your stat about overall production that they've lost from last year in terms of touchdowns or yards or whatever? Oh, it was 83% of total yards. I don't remember the touchdowns, but a lot. They <laughs> just. Rest easy, folks. They lost a lot of touchdowns. They lost the guy that ran for 14 and another guy that caught 11. Uh, and the, the, the dude that threw all of them. So they I'm, lost almost all their touchdowns. The Alabama running back, Williams. Rodell Williams? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I might go I might go with Hakeem Williams. I, I don't mind that. Yeah. I'm really thinking, like, now I'm really high the way, on Hakeem Williams. It was Williams. coming it before was he got happening, hurt. man. Yeah. It was happening. That I, touchdown I, he had was big God, time. God, I'm so disappointed that he got hurt because I think he would have really aided uh, yeah. this offense endeavor late when they lost all those guys. If you could have just had him healthy, yeah. he could have emerged – Maybe not as a star this past year, but as a real go-to guy. They were starting to entrust him in big moments. Yeah. Third and eight, that catch against Pitt. He there were moments where you realize, oh man, they're they're loving this kid. They're trusting this, and it was because he bought in as a blocker. Yeah. And then he started getting the ball. And, yeah, didn't he got hurt, and then Destin got hurt, and the whole thing pisses you off. So to answer your question though, Robert, they've got a lot of pieces. It's hard to know exactly which ones are going to be at the top. I mean. It, because the receivers, the Jalen Brown from LSU was was as highly recruited as anybody at wide they receiver. Fly the uh, the kid from Alabama, the receiver Benson was a number one junior college player in the country. So I mean they've got talent. We just have to see how it all shakes out. Jared wants to know if you could pick one team for FSU to win a national title game over. Who would it be? And it can't be Florida or Miami. I would have said Alabama with Saban, but without Saban. It doesn't seem to mean as much. I think I might go Georgia at this point. Yeah. I wasn't real fired up about the some knock, of the antics from your team, Corey. Knock, off the, the top, d- knock off the top dog. Didn't love Just all the celebrations. Didn't love all yeah, well, the celebrations. Were. Doing um, the chop. I- it's not – well, look, man, come on. That just happens. They, and they're Braves fans, so they, they no, know how to do it. It's in their it was, DNA. Yeah. yeah, It's in their DNA. I Man, I still have a bad taste in my mouth. I know this was much more recent, Ira. You were the Orange Bowl. That was a month ago. I, I want I would want them to beat Oregon. Hmm. You're still mad about I, I still 14? remember that ten years ago. Yeah. yeah. This is from Mariota. A lot more, a lot more ill well, and uh, just say no, chanting just say no yeah. to Jameis or whatever they said. No means no. Chanting that right. uh, was gross, especially with what was going on with their basketball team at the time. But whatever, I don't remember things like that. No, you don't um, hold that against them. I don't. I don't hold that against them. Just the way they acted as if they're a blue blood. And they didn't get lucky that Florida State turned it over seven times. So I, I, I still hold a lot of ill will towards them. So I think I'd say Oregon. Anybody else, Jeff? 
I said, who's ever number one at the time? And to me, the number one program is obviously Georgia, so I agree with you. I think I would probably pick Georgia because uh, I can't pick Miami. It would always be Miami. What about Texas? Just your Oklahoma hatred for Texas. Oklahoma beats them all the time. I don't so care don't... about that. Oklahoma's just steady What about that Miami ass. of Ohio? Hmm. Miami of Ohio, it's still got Miami in the name. Yeah, I've always you hated know? those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> that or that or like uh, UNC Charlotte. Hmm. Tired yeah. of them. Tired of UNC yep. Charlotte. Lay that beat down. Simple Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV continues in a moment. Hey, headliners and elite headliners. It's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy. All because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. Hey, headliners, Ira here. Last year, we wanted to launch our official merch store. And after looking at countless vendor options, I chose to work with Shopify, and I'm so glad we did. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a startup using your man cave or your IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering yay sausage t-shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers into buyers. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States. What I love about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash warchant in lowercase now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Michael writes, Jeff, after clamoring for a Samoan for years, was DJU what you envisioned? Also, with Lola Hea from Tonga and Mastro Mano from Australia, should we look for a kid from Antarctica? <laughs> That would be a great story. That's a game day story if you get a kid from Antarctica to play for you. Um, 
No, that is not, and I'm very particular about my Samoans and you, Tongans. You like them 340? I like them 340. Run. I want them to be in the middle. Uh, I like the Vita Veas of the world mm-hmm. is, is what I envision. Uh, so I don't count DJU. So Vita Vega got kind of shoved around a little bit. Uh, not not a terribly. Little bit. A little he got held. He got held. He was, they were the yeah. Ragnall was held him on that play where he showed how much grit he had. <laughs> he but, did. It whatever. drove me nuts. It's okay. It happens. Hey, it's like uh, Mickey used to say: you got a choice not that's to be held. That's a you problem, right? That's, yeah, that's a you problem. Don't get held. Yeah. By the way, I have to bring this up, Jeff. Yeah. I watched the end of the Bucks game. Sure. And I'm watching the end, and I see when the Lions take that final knee. And we didn't and call like, timeout. Yeah. There's 35 seconds left, and the Bucks have a timeout. And yeah, this I, is now fourth down. Yeah, you got to make them punt it, or kick or the field kick, goal. Try yeah, a field yeah, goal. yeah, they got You got to make them try the field goal or punt it. Yeah, that's coaching malpractice on I'm, both sides. I'm not a Bulls both guy. Both sides. But, so you're not gonna. You don't worry. I'm not a Bulls guy. So yeah. Yeah, he's a couple but, plays away from the NFC Championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you an Arthur Smith? Can I interest you in some Arthur no, Smith? No, no, no. You can have him. You can have him. You got rid of my no. I, I hope you guys grab Bill Belichick. That'll be a great hire. <laughs> Man, that's exactly <laughs> what this city needs. Just somebody to build up the city. You know, yeah. everybody can rally around that person. Good old Bill. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. People that have been watching this show for years are listening, I should say, mm-hmm. know – what a stickler I am for how bad how, time management, end of game management. clock management drives me nuts as well. It You're right to bring it. It defies belief yep. that the Lions are taking are snapping the ball yeah. with twenty on the play clock. Yeah, and that the Bucks don't immediately bang a timeout. They have thirty five seconds left. Yeah, there's a down by a t- down by eight. Yeah, Twitter agrees with you. There's plenty of people. No, no, it was it was bizarre. I saw it in real time too. I was like, whoa, 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 what are we, what, what are we doing? And you know what would have really helped? I can't. I think it might have been Tariko and Collinsworth doing the game. They're so caught up in what Detroit is doing that there's no game analysis going on. Saying, hey, wait now. The Bucks still have a timeout. Mike, why aren't they calling that timeout? Mike, why aren't they calling that timeout? It just wasn't even brought up. And Dan Campbell's walking to the middle of the field with 30 seconds left on the clock yeah. in a timeout. It's like it was nuts. It's like Bowles didn't want to call the timeout because he didn't want to make everybody have to go back to the sideline. It was weird. Sorry, Jeff. I didn't mean to bring that up. But no. y'all were really close to getting the NFC Championship No, game. but in a year where I thought they'd win four games, I'm not going to overly, you know, be too too upset. Yeah. You know, you thought you were going to be in the Caleb Williams running. I was hoping to be in the Caleb stakes. Williams running. Instead, we won back-to-back-to-back uh, division yeah. championships. So that's, and you now know. you're going to get Baker for the next four years. No, we'll Congrats. see. All right. The question is, uh, my question is, Stephen Jones going to be as bad a GM as Jerry Jones? Uh, Brad, we're not answering that. We've been saying Mike stayed in part, this is from Kevin, because we see a path out of the ACC. Uh, I'm looking at it from the other side. I think Mike believes he's going to build us into such a beast that the big two come calling. Winning will help extricate us. What do you guys think? That's from Kevin. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm probably more towards Jeff's side that I think he knows that they're going to get out of the ACC. But That's the right answer, Ira. Good I don't, job. Uh, but I don't know that – it was the only way they would do it, that he would stay. I like the extricate. I like that verb. That's a great verb. That might have been the first time ever used on our show, so congrats there. I, I'm i right down the middle, man. I, I, don't, I don't know how much it meant to Norvell. I mean, he, he's getting paid $10.5 million to coach in the ACC. He wants to win a championship. He, you're not staying here if you think that you're not getting out of this godforsaken second-class conference. But but I would say I point. 100% would agree with you if it was still a 14 playoff. Yeah. It's a 12-team playoff. It's a little easier to get in the get in the playoff in the ACC than it is in the SEC West. That's all I'm saying. So I think $10.5 million, I still get to play you know, Georgia Tech and BC and Wake 
as opposed to who I would be playing in that other conference. That's all. Philip, he's still getting paid like an SEC coach. Philip writes, what's up, gents? Given the current state of the roster, how do you feel heading into spring practices compared to the way you felt last year going into spring practices? Well, I think we're all buoyed a little bit. Compared, not, not compared to last year. We knew last year's team, they were going for it. Uh, and we thought that they had a chance to be yeah. really good. All of us said at least 11-1, and one, I think. It's something like mm-hmm. that. You know, worst case scenario, 10-2. and two. So we knew they were good. Uh, I don't know. I'm buoyed. I thought that I had mentally prepared myself for the idea that they were going to have a transitional season. Now, I don't think they're going to go 13-0. But I think they can win the ACC, and that's not crazy to think at all. And I think they can win 11 games. And I, Yeah, so yeah. I, I think they're going to be good. I'm pretty well yeah, excited. Yeah, I'm not – yeah, I'm not where I was at the end of last year. Again, the thing about last year was you had so many proven guys who had done it here at a high level. So, you know, Jared Verse and Jordan Travis and Johnny Wilson and all those guys had done it at a high level. We've seen it, and you knew it was Trey Benson, that you knew it was going to carry over, and then the pieces they brought in. Now, there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of reason to be excited. I just don't know if there's as many known commodities. Even the quarterback has done stuff, but at two different schools. Um, you just don't know how it's all going to work. But I, but I, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely I'm optimistic. excited. Yeah. yeah, Corey. Well, and I I just think I'm excited about the prospect of seeing it like that. You know, last spring we knew what we were going to see. Oh, Jordan's going to complete some passes, and oh, Johnny's tall still, and uh, yeah, Jared Verse is tough to block. Like we knew all those things. We don't know any. We've never seen Marvin. We've never seen these linebackers. We've never seen a lot of these receivers. Really, um, are the running back? Are the quarterback? Like it'll just be more fun. And I say all that to say. Buddy, I don't know if you guys are subscribed to War Chant, but you need to be starting for spring practice. There you go. Watch all the practices, and we're going to have detailed observations of all these guys every day we're out there, and that's why you need to be a member. That's Corey's promise to you. I I I will do the first video wrap of the first practice, uh, like we do each of the last two years, buddy. We've done that, so, yeah, it's going to happen. They're uh, 23 and 4? Since we've been doing that first one, yeah. yeah. We're always sweating our ass off, I think, I feel like. (laughs) Oh, no, that's the fall one that we right. do. That's yeah. that, that one's yeah, when we're That's the right. bad one. Yeah, we're standing there. Aslan makes us stand in the sun. He thinks it's funny. <laughs> we're usually dripping sweat. Uh, Trailer Swift is back with us, and she he writes, uh, So 2024, Florida will play Miami and UCF. Miami plays USF. So if we beat our rivals, we are the first ever real, true state mm. champions. However, how great would it be if USF and UCF won those games. Also, who would you root for, and are you going to root for Miami and UF? Roots are strong words when they strong word to describe it when they play. Um, I root for a ton of injuries. And now, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a little. It's, it's unethical. It's it is. You root for sickness. Too, I do. Don't you? Yeah, I do. It's terrible. Uh, most people don't admit it, mm. but yeah. I'm. I'm a, but, but I'm real. So I'll sit here and tell you. I just, you know what? What a shame that kid's being carted off. Yeah, it's definitely better for FSU if they don't lose to UCF and USF, but that would be fun, too. I was going to say, you can't really claim a state championship if Miami loses to USF and then you beat Miami because you didn't beat USF. But if Miami and Florida win those games and you beat Miami and Florida, then, yeah, you've got the rightful claim. This takes me down the path that I frequently begin to giggle, and Ira always points it out, thinking about Florida's schedule next year. (laughs) Holy moly. That's an athletic director that just decided, screw you. Well, they're all getting fired. Oh, they're, my goodness gracious. He, the, this is the swan song for the AD, the head football coach, and a whole lot of other people over there. You better enjoy those meals. <laughs> You're a, not eating those restaurants again yeah. after this, buddy. I mean, yeah. my goodness Clean gracious. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's going to be a tough, long campaign 
for Florida this year. That's it's funny. And even if they middle, muddle through the first, because it's backloaded, I think. And so the even yes. if they're average in the first, I mean, they, they're going to end it with a well, bunch of losses. Well, the last four are brutal. Yeah. yeah, they got a bunch of losses right there at the end. But they, I mean, they have to come out against each other, right? In that the first game. Yeah. I think their last five games, Florida's last five games, are teams that finished in the top like twelve in the country. It's brutal. Last year, tragic. Uh, yeah. Walter writes, hello, gents. What is the worst thing about playing Boston College on Labor Day night? Cassianos. Yeah, I don't hate it. He's going to be fresh-legged. Yeah, he's – I mean, I, I, I ended up watching several of their games last year because I was intrigued by what he was going to become after we saw him against Florida State. And he wasn't that good, Well, was it's he? just very – it depends on, like, what quarter and yes. what's happening. It's yeah. just chaos. It's, it's complete chaos. That's why I got mad It's about. like watching, like – Tim Pickett play basketball. Like, it could be unbelievable, or yeah. it could be like, what are you doing? Yeah, he could have the Wichita State moment where you can't yeah. guard him in the NIT falling out of bounds. Or, there you go. Just just runs, the wrong, just runs the wrong play, throws it to the other team. Yeah, just being ridiculous. Uh, game of Knowles. But don't you – I think that's a good – I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that is a – that's a nice night to have it on Labor Day night. You, that's two straight games to open the season where the whole country's watching yeah. you. Um it really is good, I think, for the uh, – not that this is our number one care or priority, but it is really good for the economy, I think. The yeah, Saturday yeah. night, Sunday night, I really liked it whenever that was, three, four – I mean, I didn't like the result with the Virginia Tech game. But it was cool to have a Saturday and a Sunday to watch college yeah, football so the, the, you're playing Monday. The Monday night games are good, and they're good in a lot of ways where they really – where you sometimes struggle as attendance because the people who come from Miami and other parts of the, they yeah, have a lot of time. Because they got to work on they've Tuesday. Gotta go yeah. school, they got to school or work in the next day. Yeah, so that, that's yeah. one challenge. Because I remember the and Virginia they, Tech game we thought was going to be sold out and it wasn't. Right. And the Notre Dame game was, but that was Notre Dame. Yeah. Like Boston They're College bringing, isn't Notre Dame. Right. Yeah. Well, and I like starting two and zero in the ACC, buddy. I don't nice. know why. Just starting out the gates two and zero in the ACC. First place, riding high. All the pressure's on the rest of you bastards. Uh, Game of Knowles writes: Ben and Matt are wonderful additions to War Chant. I'm curious where they got their start and where they went to school. Can you give us a little bit of their background on each of them? Uh, Matt went to FSU. Goes to FSU. Just finished up FSU, right? Last, he's uh, getting uh, his just over a year ago. Too. Yeah. Just over a year ago. And Ben went to Louisville. And that's the answer. And they're both, yes, we agree. They're great additions to Warchair. It been, has been from Detroit. Like, why is he a Detroit Pistons? I, Lions no, I, I don't think so, but I think it was his dad or somebody rooted for him or something or lived there at some point. Well, There's like, a story to it. It's like Matthew loves all things Philadelphia. And I, is that your dad? Who is the, What's that, your granddad? Yeah. So, there's, you know, you never know. Indoctrination, man. That's yeah, what we do. That's what happens. Yeah. That's why my son knows everything there is to know about Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Trevor writes, Ira, in the past, you've noted that Randy Shannon's football camps are very well attended. Parents do like him. Why is he not able to get South Florida kids at linebacker? That's pretty direct. Uh, well, first of all, you're asking me to prove something that doesn't exist. Like, it's hard to, to say why they haven't done – like, I, there's a lot of different reasons, and, there's, and there haven't necessarily been a ton of linebackers, I think, that have come out of South Florida that – Florida State was in on that he just whiffed on. What I've said about him is if you go and if you're around him in South Florida, he is very highly respected. All those high school coaches know him, know him well, and they've gotten kids from South Florida in this past class that are guys that because Randy Shannon's relationships had a big part of it. So um, as far as linebackers in particular and why not from South Florida, I can't – I can't. You got to ask me a specific player, and then I could try to find out why they didn't get that player. But I, in general, I, you know, I don't know how many linebackers there were in South Florida. They were involved in the Bis- Wesley Besanth kid two years ago. They ended up not getting him. He went to Miami. It's not like you lost him to Arkansas. So I don't know. 
Tony writes, which do you think will occur first, FSU clinching another national championship or Miami exceeding Bobby Bowden's record for bowl wins since 2007? <laughs> yeah, Miami a tough has, one. Yeah, that is an Bowden's, amazing Bowden's stretch. Got two wins since then, and they've got bowl wins, and they've got they've one. Got one. They got they've one. got one. That's crazy. Man, that is crazy. Uh, Lee writes, question about DJU and his eligibility. I've seen him listed as a junior some places and as a senior other places. That being said, either way, he has the COVID year if he wants to use it, right? Well, he would have played all yeah. of – I mean, didn't he start – when he started there 21, right? 20. He did, No, but but 20 – he started there also in 2021 and 2022, right? At yeah. Clemson? So that's yeah. two years he played. And then last year he played. That's a third year he played. Then this would be his fourth year he played. So that wouldn't – COVID wouldn't matter. He'd be a senior. Oh yeah, because he didn't. Yeah, he wasn't redshirted any of those years. Like the redshirt yeah. year right, was right, the COVID right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who knows anymore? No, he, Florida's got a guy that's going to play, or the Miami's got in his ninth year, and yeah. people are celebrating that as if that's not the stupidest thing on earth. I don't. I mean, it's a tough break. The kid keeps getting injured. Go live your life, man. The real world's out there. <laughs> it is weird that you'd want to be You're hanging around 30. with college kids. Yeah. I mean, it's like because I said somebody like Winky didn't like hanging around with college kids, right? When he well, not males. Um, when he was at Florida State, <laughs> but but uh, but this maybe this guy is you know he's got nice, that going on. Nice catch, know. by the way. <laughs> nice but I mean, it wasn't like you come back as a twenty-six year old. Yeah. You're not going to fit in necessarily with a bunch of nineteen, twenty year olds. No, twenty-six so, year loving college girls. But that's maybe, about <laughs> maybe that's about it. Uh, John writes: Is our wide receiving core does our wide receiving core have a chance to be better this year? If Akeem takes a big step. I think he has more wheels than Coleman, but overall we have more depth than last year for sure. Uh, yeah, man, I, it's interesting. I've said before because of the injuries, right? They could be more productive. Period. If it, they just stay healthy, it almost seems like Corey. There's like a parallel between the receivers and the de- defensive ends because the point you were making earlier is Jared Verse is better than anybody they're going to have out there this year. But overall, it might be a better group. Yeah, and they're not going to have anybody like Keon Coleman this year. Probably we wouldn't. We don't, I mean, it would be great if they do. But maybe overall as a group, it'll be better. Yeah, I think they have a chance. They prop well. They certainly have more speed than they had a year right. ago. We know that just by what they brought in. And if they're healthier than they were a year ago, you might have more depth. Yeah. So yes, more speed, more depth means there's a good chance you could be more productive if DJ you just you're, doesn't suck. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have more depth. I mean, you're probably you might lose a couple after the spring. Yeah, spring practice yeah, you might. The portal. I mean, yeah. that's gonna happen. They're gonna see where they are, but on the depth chart. But, yeah, man, I think, again, I think you're not going to have the top-end talent. You're not going to have a first-round. You probably don't have a first-rounder on this team at wide receiver. But you might have, I don't know, man, a lot of fourth- or fifth-rounders. You know, what's better, one first-rounder that was hurt for most of the season or at least half the season? Or well, that's the problem. Five, five guys that played that could potentially play in the NFL at one point in their career. If you tell me I have a first-round wide receiver and he's going to start yes. all 13 games and he's not going to be hurt, I want that. Because he changes the scoreboard. But, yes, if right. you're going to have a guy miss or play, but play uh, as a shell of so, himself for four weeks, five weeks, yeah. I don't think it was asked this way, but I think the better the better point to make is you might have more production. It might not be as talented, especially at the top, but it might be more productive as a whole, this receiver core, than last year's receiver core because it was such a drop between one and two and, and everybody else. Michael just wanted to know wanted us to know that he figured out how to send us money, so he sent us money. Thanks, there you Michael. go, Michael. We'll keep it up. <laughs> there you go. See if you can do it every See minute. See if others can do it and celebrate <laughs> you, accordingly. Yeah, no, Thank we, you, Michael. We and we like the, uh, the, the pup in your uh, 
Yeah. Avatar. Always. Some of the headlines continues in a moment. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Ryan wants to know if we think that we're going to miss having people with Johnny Wilson's height, for example. He seemed to always be open because of the height. Um, well, yeah, you're, you're always going to miss having a six-seven guy out there, but they got a lot of th- – this core does have a lot of height still. Right, right. They're still a tall receiving core, but no, there's no six-seven. And compare, especially compared to what DJ Uyungle has had in his previous stops. Uh, Clemson, he did not have a bunch of huge dudes, and then uh, in Oregon State, they did not at all. By the way – they do, we do get Morlock back, and I think he's going to have yeah. a big season. I, I mean, he yeah. has to. I mean, this has to be a big year for him. I know he's yeah. not a wide receiver; he's a tight end. But you do have that size. He's six seven as well. Andrew writes three bye weeks on the schedule, huh? Seems like September seventh will slash should be one of them. Should we uh, care where the others fall before Clemson and Miami, or more important, to just evenly spread them out in October and November? Are there really three bye weeks? Yeah, that? everybody's yeah. got two oh. this year. Everybody's got two, mm-hmm. and then we get the one for being week zero. Week zero. Oh, okay. Hey, that's free Saturdays for this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh, a, and we get another right. one too because of the uh, the the Monday game. That's right, that, man. It's gonna be we're gonna in, that might be the war chant. That should be the war chant appreciation party that Saturday. Let's just go the, eat uh, some wings and watch some football. And everybody. if they get any yeah. Thursday or Friday games, there will be another one too. So yeah, man, it's gonna be. Uh, um, as far as uh, I don't think you can lose with it. I mean, if you're gonna have three bye weeks during a season, you just it's you're just thrilled. I don't know if there's a, I don't know how much you can ask for. You know, um, I mean, obviously you'd love it before some of the bigger games, maybe before Notre Dame late in the year, because um, that's early in November. Um, but yeah, I think you know they're not going to put them back to back, so they're going to be out, spread out to some degree. Uh, Brian writes, "I'm a Knoll first. I want to make that clear, but I'm also a huge Buffalo Bills fan, mm, and oh. I got this message today." Person wrote, sorry about the Bills. It seems like a effing curse when it comes down to a field goal. Again, I have a kid named Noel. Damn it, man. I mean, come on. Really, Corey? I know you have 28-3 to 3 that will always weigh over you, Jeff. Yep. You have I trump a- you. I trump the Bills. I don't care that you've lost four in a row. 28-3 to 3 is worse. Jeff, you're a buck so that would be awful history, but not anymore. No, no, it's, it's not. Yeah. We, we're two-time Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then, of course, the Knowles have the three titles. So I'm in good shape. My fandom is good. Um, but, again, a field goal, this isn't cool, man. Oh, so he's just lamenting. He's just he's just upset. Can we can we say, though, I, I do want to point it out that even if he makes the kick. Right, they're going to give up the score. Yeah, they, Patrick they, Mahomes is getting the ball back with a minute and a half left. The only time out. Yeah, the only the only risk in that situation for Kansas City if he makes it is that uh, Mahomes scores too quickly, <laughs> and then Buffalo has a chance to score again. Because thirteen seconds on the clock. Yeah. So <laughs> it was not the Norwood no. or Jerry Thomas or Dan Mowry oh, type risk. Why? Why? Why are we goal. bringing it up? Don't do it. Well, because of the he's a no lay and a buck fan, so it's a lot of missed field goals in his in his life. Do you uh, think if if 
if if Scott Norwood walks into a bar in Buffalo today, I are people buying him beers out of sympathy? Well, or if they ever win a Super Bowl, they will. Yeah, it's like the Buckner thing. Once Boston mm. broke the curse, then they welcomed him back, and he was in tears when he threw out the first pitch. I thought, man, this kind of seems excessive. That we're, <laughs> it was a little ruthless. They were they were mean to man. Uh, I would also say that uh, Norwood, they did a special on. I want to say like an E60. Oh, yeah? How's he doing? And I, but not good. Hmm. Still hangs with him. And still, still haunts him a little bit. But I think he said that as the years went on, people, when they notice him now. Yeah. First of all, if you're Scott Norwood, you don't have to live in Buffalo, and nor should you. <laughs> Nobody should live in yeah. Buffalo. Could you imagine just choosing, honey, we're, we're just going to stay here. Stay we like our house. Thing. Yeah. Let's go out in public. Any office. other city in the world. <laughs> Literally any other city in the world. Nobody yeah. would know who he He could is. walk into a bar and people would be like, oh, what you? What do you do for a living? What would you do? Yeah. Oh, you were a kicker? That's cool. Yeah. Because you actually make it in the end. Nobody knows who Scott Norwood is. I wouldn't no. know him if he was sitting right next you to you. You would not. You absolutely wouldn't. He's nondescript. When I saw him, I was like, he doesn't look And there like are some cities might love him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Move to New York. Scott, move to New York. <laughs> The Giant fans will be buying you a drink every time they You're see a you. Hero. Local celebrity's got his own corner table. That's oh. why Jerry Thomas lives in Coral Gables. They oh. love him down there. Oh, man. Butch Ryan, hey, guys, are we facing a future where high school recruiting is only going to be for the chosen few five stars and high four stars in major college football? More and more teams are following in the footsteps of teams like Florida State, Ohio State, etc. And I don't see how high school recruiting can provide the immediate benefits the portal does. Uh, and overcome it. Thanks, Gonoles. Yeah, I mean, it, it affects it, – it's it's cheating probably some kids of the chance to play at a high major school right off the bat because a lot of these schools are taking less high school kids. But it's – you know, they're, they're, they're going now to the next tier of schools. It's not like they're – I don't think many of them are getting left out completely. Right. Because what's happening is there's mid, the max, the max schools and the mid-tier schools now are signing those kids and then they're getting them taken away from them two years yeah. down the road, like a Jared verse from Albany or whatever. So I wonder if they'll ever, uh, and it'd have to be somebody that actually ha- can put rules into place. If they would ever cap the amount of transfers you can take because they did it with high school kids forever. It was, you can only take 25 kids. So right. why would you not say, okay, you can only take seven transfer kids. That would, that would curve all this down real quick. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, yeah, I don't know. They're, we'll they see. Might. They have to do something. They're going to, yeah. Uh, this individual who I just accidentally clicked off of Facebook here, but I know what his question was. Hey, if this is your question, I'm sorry I didn't see your name. Uh, the, que- <laughs> the question was, uh, who from the 13-0 and team gets drafted first? And the answer is Jared Verse. Right. And it's probably... Well, Kuiper today had uh, Keon Coleman 15th and Jared Verse 19th in his first mock draft of the year. Yeah, well... I'm gonna put a lot of money on Mel Kuyper's mock draft. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that out of here, especially I think in late January. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, most people it seems like have verse first. Um, I've seen verse see. getting drafted in the top thirteen in several mocks. Keon's but. gonna be interesting because you know again the production did tail off, um, but I don't know if he goes healthy and does what he does, then maybe nobody holds that against so, him. So the other problem that Keon has is, like, Malik Neighbors. And, like, you can go right. on down the list of wide receivers. There's and, a lot. Yeah. yeah. They were on the 40. He's not going to. Yeah, I think Verse yeah. is considered the second-best edge guy coming out behind the dude from Alabama. Yeah, that's uh, my. Dallas Turner. Yeah, yeah. that's my point. Keon's is that, like fifth, fourth, fifth, or sixth on right. the wide receiver list. Yeah. yeah, that is kind of the problem there. And and I think Keon, you know, there's a chance, by the way. I saw Keon mock to Tampa Bay, everybody. All right. Mock to Tampa Bay. We're drafting 20. Sixth, Mike Evans understudy. 
I think Mike may have played his last game in a Bucks uniform. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, good, because he obviously is terrible. Y'all need to get rid of him. Well, he'll drop three a game, buddy, but he does make several. <laughs> I mean, he also scores a touchdown yeah. to make plays. How are you feeling about Baker as your quarterback? Listen, he, he certainly won me over this year. He had a phenomenal season. I did not think yep. it was possible. I badmouthed him going into the year. I did not want him to come to Tampa Bay, but he was tough. He played well, like legitimately played well, right. and his teammates love him. I think he's the kind of quarterback that'll get your coach fired. That's the thing. Like you watch him, and it's like you'll see, like the end of drive, the, the drive at the end of the half. You're like, oh my god, oh, this guy's unconscious. <laughs> and then it's like, well, but yeah, why'd you have three points until this point? Now I know they couldn't protect him. Yeah, they couldn't protect him. I, it, listen, well, he also takes some sacks that some quarterbacks right. just don't take. Yeah, he, no, he's not an elite quarterback, but he's a yeah. plus quarterback. He's slightly better than average, and the and he had a good year, very good year, and, and he's eminently likable. Apparently now, compared to when he first came out, he's got more mature and been humbled. But, Hopefully, uh, yeah. But I, I, you know, listen, I he's yeah. the kind of guy that when you sign, you want to say to the fans, "Look, I know you love him, but this is not the dude. Right. This is not the guy. You, right. you need to still search for the guy. Like sign him for a year or two while you're right. going to look for the guy, or you know, draft Jaden Daniels in the middle of the first round or something, and just like let him sit behind Baker for a year, right. perhaps, perhaps. Anyhow, I hope Keon ends up in." Uh, in Tampa Bay, because he's going mid to late first, depending on where you look. But I, the the Knowles are going to have two first rounders, boys. Good, good. Looks like it. It's, I hope Verse goes to the Falcons at number eight. That might be a little high. I no, I take that back. I hope the Falcons trade up and go get themselves an actual quarterback. Yeah, you boy, you still have a lot of work to do. I mean, because the thing is, if you get Belichick and a great quarterback, we know what can happen. <laughs> we know so, that recipe, don't we, Ira? So We've I feel seen like that play out. The problem you have, Corey, is they're going to take Dallas Turner, so you're not going to get verse yeah well they they need to trade up man they need to trade up or trade for justin fields good work out of you sir you can sign off good work ira good work director be well everybody we'll talk to you next hey, i week. love you guys appreciate I you love you too love more you too, brother. more be good be good peace